Hey everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and as always, you can tweet us using the Twitter handle at Media Review Pod with the hashtag Media Review Pod. You can also send us an email at MediaReviewPod at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions, or you could just leave a voicemail by calling 407 603 5847. Today, straight from the coldest corners of Kansas, is a friend of the podcast returning for his post-COVID episode, filmmaker and professor Matt Nyquist. Thank you for being here, Matt. My pleasure. Thanks for having me again. Well, it's it's been a long road for us, I would say, because we had something planned about a year ago and things kind of went crazy. And we had to kind of cancel that podcast, which was a bummer. Today, we will be visiting lands named by different animal body parts, as well as forests inhabited by other animal spirits. Now, you guys might want to brace yourselves for this double feature of Disney's Raya and The Last Dragon and Apple TV Plus's Wolfwalkers. But... Before we unpack these two movies, Matt, let's chat a little bit about how this pandemic has affected the industry from your perspective, because you are Washburn University faculty, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just curious to know how this pandemic altered your workflow of teaching, especially film school, right? Because, you know, you have constant collaborations, you're in close proximity. So let's start with classes. How, how How did it affect that? Um, I mean, it's ba- it basically turned everything upside down. Um, and, you know, we had basically when I had talked to you, we had just I was on a I do this um, class with a history professor. And then last time we also added, had an English professor that we co-teach, but it's about civil rights. And we go through the South and we visit, you know, like where Emmett Till was abducted and um, Rosa Parks, you know, um, museums, um, you know, we spend a whole week down there going through, um, all sorts of really heavy, (laughs) you know, it's civil rights and racism and just really intense history, um, down there. And so I was down there during that and, um, you know, we're on the bus and we're heading and we start getting these news reports that there's this virus. And, um, you know, at first we're like, okay, this probably isn't going to be that big of it. You know, we downplayed it, which is definitely the, the wrong thing, but, you know, we, we weren't really expecting it to change our lives. And then within a couple of days, the NBA cancels their season and we start getting these emails. We got one from the vice president saying, you know, um, first of all, um, prepare, prepare as if you may be teaching fully remotely, not that we were going to, but as if. Mm-hmm. Um, and then very shortly after that, um, spring break will be extended a week and during that week you need to convert all your classes to completely online um, so it, it basically quadrupled all of our workloads in terms of trying to deliver content uh, um, or not content but deliver classes um, in a way that was still beneficial to students and you know it's specifically for me I teach a class um, our, our advanced production class or that's uh, and, you know, it's it's modeled to be fairly similar to 546, um, although scaled down in a few places since it's undergrad. and um, 546, you know. which is the uh, advanced production class at USC. Yes. And um, 
And so we were literally, right when I got back, we were going to start production. Um, while I was there, I was getting calls from the producers about raising funds. And, you know, they were, they had finally broken through and raised the funds that they needed to get equipment and everything. And we had a really great script and I loved the the class makeup and everything. Um, and it was a really personal story to the director. And, um, you know, we got thing, no more group work. We yeah. can't do group work anymore. So that's, you know, that film's out the window. So I had to, um, first of all, do the really, you know, almost like delivering the news that someone died, um, that we weren't going to be able to do production on the film. Um, and, you know, and then in terms of planning the rest of the semester, basically what I tried to do was all the things that they would learn on set, um, try to teach those things virtually. And then, you know, there's some things that you learn on set that are just difficult to, dif to duplicate. Um, and like, and then post too, like when you're editing something, there's some things you just have to do and then get feedback. And, um, and so tried as much as possible to mirror those kind of learning experiences. We went through um, a few different films and, and, you know, talked about different things that we would have, we would have done on those. Um, had we been making them and, um, you know, ultimately the students seemed you know, okay with it. Of course, they were disappointed they didn't get to go into production. Um, but ultimately, you know, they came out liking the class. And um, I believe they're planning to make that movie still once um, COVID restrictions are, are up a little bit. Um, but that, and then um, just continuing through um, in the summer, I taught a historical filmmaking class with a history professor where she was going to have them go through archives and do primary research and all this stuff. And, you know, I was going to help them go out in the field and shoot, um, you know, recreations and, and all this stuff. And then that had to be moved completely online. Um, so, you know, moving that to online research that had to be credible and then right. stuff that they would, would film had to be, you know, very pared down and, um, you know, and if they used an actor had to be COVID safe. So someone that they would already be in contact with, um, you know, and just progressing through fall and spring. It honestly, um, you know, and I don't mean, I don't think we we're we do. I mean, I think the frontline workers, the healthcare workers really got the brunt of it. Um, but it like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> we're all, all the professors I know are emotionally and, and physically exhausted. Yeah, um, throughout this process of just having to, to do, you know, all this different stuff. And, and really my main source of stress is, you know, as a student, would I be getting something out of this class? Right. That's what I try to, cause you know, they're paying for the classes, whether mm -hmm. it's COVID or not. Yeah. And they're um, you know, they need to go out and work and have a job after they graduate COVID or not. So trying to give them as much as, they can possibly get in a COVID environment, um, you know, has been really intensely um, <laughs> just insane. So this semester we were encouraged to do as much face-to-face -face stuff as possible while giving the option of, of hybrid, which was a little bit terrifying <laughs> going into, I have to admit. Um, so this time for advanced production, we did shoot a film, okay. um, but we pared everything down. We looked at PGA COVID guidelines. Um, you know, it was, I, I know for the students, um, 
basically what a lot of them said was this is like the most um, in production stressful anyway, but like the most stressful um, tiresome process, but they ended up loving it because they got to make a movie, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of how film is anyway. Right. I mean, you, you get into the process and you're like, Oh my God, why am I doing this? This is so much work and it's so stressful and it's draining my soul. And then, you know, the next day you're like, Oh, this is so inspiring. I love it. I got to keep going. All right. So you have the Wi-Fi film festival coming up, which unfortunately had to be, canceled last year yes so what what happened after it was canceled because i'm pretty sure it was a big blow for you guys oh my gosh i was so depressed (laughs) (laughs) i was uh i was we were i was working with um so leah jameson who's a student um who had just been working her heart out and you know the whole council but she especially had put in so much work for last um last year's festival and we had all these guest speakers lined up and um, our big focus was on female filmmakers because mm. um, the the university does a themed semester, okay. and so last it was women it was women's suffrage. So we kind of try to take upon whatever the university is doing in that regard. Um, and I was I still was hoping even after everything was happening that somehow we'd be able to have it, um, even though that's completely ridiculous. But um, mm. when I finally got the email that was like okay so the governor has banned all events um you know with more than 20 people or something um you know i i we had to cancel and honestly the worst part was telling students like all this work you did um yeah you know i really really appreciate it but we're not going to be able to to do the festival and you know and we had students watching tons and tons of films for selection purposes and, you know, just so many, so many hours went into it and other professors doing things. And, um, we are going to be back here next month though, um, with a completely virtual festival. Okay. Um, which, and then the following year, assuming pandemic stuff is lifted, we'll be back in, in person. And you're getting submissions for this year. Yes. So what we decided to do is anything, because we'd already selected films by the time the pandemic hit last time. Mm -hmm. So we're still going to show the films that were um, selected last time. Okay. Um, And of course, you know, we talked to all the filmmakers and anyone that wanted a refund and didn't want to do virtual could, but we, as far as I know, everyone is is wanting to participate, which was pretty surprising. Um. But I think just because so many have gone virtual, they were okay with it. Um, so we're going to show those from last time. Um, we have many of the same events um, with women's suffrage. We have um, a really great panel of female filmmakers. That um, We have this alum named Sue Vickery who went to Washburn way before we even had a film anything. Um, but after her graduation, she's become very successful in film as director, writer. She moderates panels at everything from Sundance to, you know, wherever. Um, she saw an article in our alumni magazine about Wi-Fi, and she found me on Facebook. And she was she was like, I'm so happy that Washburn's finally doing film stuff. How can I help? What can I do? Um, and so she put together this panel last time, and now this time, of uh, her moderating it as well as a bunch of really great um, local female filmmakers. We have a, an editor from 
um, just down the street in Lawrence, Kara Myers, who is an Emmy-winning editor. Um, we have Jill, and I'm really terrible at her last name. I need to learn how to visit Gavergian um, from Kansas City, who she directed The Stylist, which is just getting rave reviews, and she got a her, her agent through that film, and um, we had a few Washburn students help out with it, and um, the former president of um, women in or Kansas City Women in Film and Television is going to be there, um, and there's a a, a a a alum from um, USC actually that's that's local that's that's going to be there, um, and so we're going to have that, and that's going to be great. We're doing um, educational panels um where we're having professors teach panels um of free education you know directing writing we're doing one in, um uh english professors doing one in representation and this is all virtual all virtual yep all over all all virtual and we have a, a female um or a, a professor that's doing a, a representation one especially african-americans in film um a cult films one um and then, do you remember Ashley Maria from USC? Yeah, of course. So she did um, she did Pioneers and Skirts, right? Yeah, which is awesome. Um, you know, I didn't know she was like a semester or two younger than us, so I didn't know if you knew her. Well, but, uh, it, it, this is a, a fun fact. Ashley Maria signed on to pitch with me a five forty six. Oh, cool! Yeah. So you know her? Yeah, That's yeah, awesome! Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I like her. We were in sound together in 546. Yeah, so she was my um, she was going to be my producer. That's cool. Unfortunately, awesome. unfortunately, <laughs> we lost to Ryan Coogler, but um it's not it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> if you're going to lose to somebody. Yeah, I know, right? Um but she's going to um she's going to show Pioneers and Skirts and um she's going to do a little Q&A. That's awesome. Um, I'm so excited to have her. I, she's going to be phenomenal, um, of course. Um, and then we're also the the Woo Master. We're trying to incorporate sustainability this time too, because that's the the Woo Master for this time. So our logo this time has um, reference to that. We're going to do a small COVID social distanced gathering. So I guess it's not all virtual. There's one very small event we're doing in the Arts District in north um, north side of town um, for on Earth Day. Okay, and um, trying to incorporate some other sustainability type type things in it, but um, you know, it's the the best change for the festival has been um, our chair suggested to me the idea of turning it into a class. Um, I didn't even know I could do that. Okay, <laughs> and so she see she suggested that, and so this this semester Wi Fi is actually a class. Um, so I have a group of students. You know, one group is doing PR, one group's doing logistics, one group's doing video promotions, one's doing um, um, design, sorry, <laughs> like visual design and graphics design. Um, and then our advertising professor, Dr. Anglin, um, pitched me the idea of his social media class doing our social media. So that's a whole class just doing our social media. So... Um, the division of labor is so much greater um, and it's given the students to really have a ownership of the festival, yeah. which is incredibly important that the, that the um, 
the students themselves are the center of the festival and they're guiding the festival. Um, and it's been, it's been really great. They've, they've um, taken charge of it way more than I ever anticipated in a good way. That's awesome. Now, do you need tickets to to see the festival, or how, how does that? No, work? it's gonna it's gonna be completely free. Um, we do um, charge submission fees for filmmakers okay. for um, just to cover our costs, but for the the public um, to view, it's completely free, um, and it's going to be multi streamed on multiple different avenues. We're gonna do um, YouTube, Twitter. Um, I believe Twitch and Facebook um, because we wanted the least barrier to entry as possible. Mm. So that way everyone from, you know, the freshmen that just got to campus, will see it on Facebook to, you know, their, their grandma. Oh, my, my kid goes to Washburn. Let's check this out. The um, grandma goes on Twitch, right? What? Grandma goes on Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Grandma's the <laughs> Twitch streamer. <laughs> <laughs> thinking more, hopefully more on Facebook, but you never know. You never know. Um, but um, just trying to reach people where they are and um, as much as possible and um, get just without logins and all that other kind right. of stuff that might prevent people. And what's, what's, what's the deadline for, for submissions? Um, the last deadline is March 26th. Okay. All right. So and and that's all on your website? Yes. If you go to wififilmfestival.com, um, it'll, you'll get all the info you want. You can submit, there's a link to submit through film freeway. Okay. Um, and if, if you're from, um, if you're from Kansas or you're a Washburn student, you can submit completely for free. Um, we only charge for, you know, the non-students mm -hmm. and, and international and national, um, films. Honestly, Richard, you would be surprised at the people. I mean, like we just started and um, we the submissions that we got last time and the time before, you know, I, again, I had these nightmares the first time we did it that we wouldn't get any films that mm -hmm. <laughs> no one would submit. Um, and we ended up getting, you know, thousands of submissions that first time from like a hundred different countries. And um, wow, we got Skin, Skin, which won the Academy Award for um, short that year narrative short um which is a phenomenal film if you haven't seen it uh, holy moly but just uh i was i was surprised because again you know just starting something new how many people are actually going to submit mm -hmm. but they did so we mm -hmm. lucked out all right and this year it's running from uh, what, what are the dates it's april um 22nd through 24th all right so um, before we start this new segment, I would like to point out, as I did in the previous episode, that, you know, there have been um, many cases within the past year where we've been wit witnessing hate speech and hate actions directed specifically at the Asian community in this country. And here at Meter Review Pod, we condemn any type of hate speech sentiments or, or actions especially ones directed at physically hurting anyone um, this week there was an atrocious event where minorities in the Asian community were tragically killed in what appears to be racially motivated crime mm -hmm. in other words more of this Asian hate manifestation in the worst possible way. Um, so Media Review Pod 
calls for our listeners to just come together and stand against this and any type of hate, especially toward minorities. We, we're all part of this country and we are better than this. Mm-hmm. All right. So going back to films, this ties directly to what I want to discuss here. And that is this big movement, which many consider has come a little too late in the game. And I'm talking about representation in the film industry, specifically representation of minorities. Um, however, I, I feel like the needle's kind of moving in the right direction as of late. You know, this year we have the Academy Awards where some of the nominees are very different from the ones that we've seen in the last, what, 93 years of the Academy Awards. Uh, this is including the first Asian actor who has been nominated for best actor category which Isn't that is amazing insane. It's, taken this long? it's insane I, I i couldn't even believe that um and what the the first time two women have been uh, nominated for director best director <sighs> anyway so so my question to you is as part of 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 your school film school faculty how are you dealing with this are are you are you are you setting up something in the curriculum for the students for, or, or, and for the faculty as well? I second everything Richard said, by the way. Um, I think it's, I'm really glad that you're using your platform to take a positive stand with, with all this. Um, so specifically in terms of what we've done, um, Washburn in general has really tried to make an effort to reach out to students of color um, people of color um, in in the last few years, you know, there was, there, there were some issues um, and there still are issues, I'm sure, serious issues. You know, I, as, as a white dude, um, I always like to preface everything by saying, I have no idea how it feels to be in that circumstance um, right. because I've never been put in that circumstance. Um, and I think that's, that's the first, that's step one for us white dudes is to say, Hey, there's no way I could ever know how it feels to be a person of color or be a woman, you know, walking at night on a, in an alleyway or, you know, just whatever it is um, that, that we are, our, our white privileges uh, privilege affords us the, the, uh, the luxury of not having to deal with those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but the university we, we have, um, so we have a, a board or a committee for um, academic diversity and inclusion, which um, I was actually invited to be on this year. So, um, which has been really great to try to figure out ways to make, um, not only to include and increase our diversity, but make um, diverse students feel more comfortable on campus and more accepted. Um, We have lots of um, classes, we call them CTEL, um, which is basically continuing, I believe, teaching, education, and learning um, that professors are very strongly encouraged to do. Um, very strongly encouraged, I'll just put it that way, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, that have to deal with, um, you know, issues of race, issues of um, sexism, and all, and all that, where, you know, we, we get education in that, in that route. Um, so there's a systemic push throughout the university um, to do that. Do you bring it up in class? This 
this um you know the diversity do you make it a point to 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 stress it and say hey this is how it's been all these years and this is what we're trying to implement now to encourage to to you know to seek and tell stories with different points of view um what i've tried to do more so um is is bring in guest speakers um i have a lot of female students and washburn in general is is skews female but in our program we have a lot of female filmmakers and so i've tried to have um female guest speakers in my class so i had leonora um yeah from usc friend of the pod a, um oh was she on too yeah yeah she's, oh, i'll have she's, to listen to she's that she's been here twice I, she's awesome she's been on twice she's she did such a great job speaking to my class, my in my cinematography class. She spoke, and um, this was a big blow to me, positive blow to me, because you know I knew it would make an impact. But mm. like the the messages and emails I got from students, like this meant so much to see a female that was doing the things that I want to do, and have been told. I had one student, and I won't say who it is, or but she had a person. I'll just say in the medical profession, tell her. Because the, the person asked what she was going to do, and she wanted to be a DP mm. um, and in camera. And this medical professional literally told her, oh, you can't do camera because you're a woman. <laughs> and this was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Right? And so having Leonora come on and be like, not only can you do it, I'm doing it, and I'm doing a hell of a job, was really, really impactful for, for many. I mean, not even just the females, to the males too, um, but for the females especially. And then this semester I had Anna Elizabeth James, who I, I know yeah. has been on your show because I've listened yes. to that one. Um, but she came in and she really inspired the students and, you know, um, and they do a good job of not just sugarcoating everything, but being, you know, talking about, yes, you're going to face these issues. These are the issues I faced. Um, Leonora talked about that as well. Um, you know, and then Anna also gave some pep talks of like, you know, um, you do have enough time you know, she raised three kids while she was going through mm -hmm. USC and doing all that stuff and mm -hmm. how she managed her time and managed to be able to do all that kind of stuff. And let, um, me, let me interject here and say that Anna has a new movie which came out yesterday on Netflix. It's called Deadly Illusions. So you guys can check it out check right it now. Out. I'm excited to watch it. We're going to watch it this weekend, my wife. Yeah. And then um, I am a faculty advisor on the student group called Washburn Filmmakers Association. Okay. Um, and so similar to a class, but Sev Ohanian um, yep. is going to speak to them um, awesome. who just produced Judas of the Black Messiah, is going to produce space, the new Space Jam, is, you know, Ryan Coogler and him just signed the deal with Disney for the Wakanda series. Yep. Um, so, and I've also got um, a couple other people of color that are writers, directors, and things that I have in the pipeline that I can't quite say yet. Um, but... I feel like for it to be genuine, um, it's better for it to come on, come from someone that's experienced it, you know, Absolutely. and I, I do try to touch on things and talk about things, but, um, it's just, and I've seen the impact. It's so much more impactful for someone who's actually experienced those things and overcome and become successful despite all the pushback that our society horrifically gives them. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel that's the, probably the best thing I can do for the students, to be honest, is to, to get them that experience. Well, speaking of diversity, how about we dig into our two features, 
which are actually about two heroines. Mm-hmm. So how about if we go into our feature segment right now? All right, let's talk about Raya and the Last Dragon, which was written by Queen Wen, Adele Lim, and Paul Briggs. It was directed by Don Hall, Carlos Lopez Estrada, and co-directed by Paul Briggs. And here's a brief synopsis. In Kumandra, which is kind of a fantasy version of Earth, right? It's kind of like, uh, like Middle Earth, but in Asia. Um, there's a warrior named Raya who, with the teachings of her father, she embarks on a journey to find the last dragon and potentially save her civilization. That's in a nutshell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no spoilers there. I tried. Um, all right, Matt. So with, without any spoilers, what do you think about this movie? So I loved it. Um, I, you know, I like, I like animation um, quite a bit, actually. I, honestly, though, um, I've never been as much of a fan of, of 3D animation as I have been of traditional hand-drawn. Yep. Um, but this movie, um, I absolutely loved. I loved um, the the visuals in which it's portrayed. Um, I like the character design of Raya and her and her father, um, and ultimately, the story you know, I think is really impactful at this present time. Um, you know, I don't, hopefully this isn't a spoiler. It's, but what happens at the very beginning, mm. right. When they're doing kind of the backstory yeah, about how, um, you know, all the, the kingdoms that end up are not kingdoms, I guess, nations that end up dividing um, the dragon's body that there's you know the heart and the talent and but they were all together and then this force rises up Mm -hmm. right and then that last dragon has to basically sacrifice herself to to end all that um and then that that first scene basically or not first scene but the inciting incident of all the nations coming together um and again no spoilers but just the greed of humanity and um you know, our, our animal instincts that kick in in that survival mode, um, you know, I think is so, so appropriate for, for the time period. Um, and those type of stories, especially, um, I've always loved. I mean, I, um, under, in undergraduate, I did religious studies because I loved ancient myth. Mm. Um, and so many of the ancient, modern, whatever religions, and they all talk about it in a little bit different way. But you have that divide between, you know, your soul or your higher self or whatever that being is, whatever you call it, that part of you that's the better part of you that's kind and compassionate and loving and, um, you know, that that positive part. And then you have, you know, the more animalistic part of yourself that has that's, you know, wants revenge and is lustful and, um, you know, all the negative parts of yourself um, and the um and there's of course that's a very simplified version of of that idea but i love the way that this movie very explicitly presents that early on as kind of as one of the main struggles um and i won't again spoil the ending but how they resolve it um i thought was very powerful and mm. i i really liked the way they resolved it at the end yeah um 
first I for for my part, I, I just want to mention how gorgeous this movie looks. Oh God, yes. I th- yes. I think this is one of the most beautiful Disney movies that yes. you, you can watch. Um the animation was impeccable. There's there's yes. a type of smoothness in, in, in the yeah. movements in these characters that was it was just so impressive. I just couldn't believe it. Um yeah. it's like uh it's like a like a flow. I don't even know how to describe it. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the, the subtleties of the facial movements and the grace of the choreography was just simply spectacular. Um, there's also this awesome voice cast, including Kelly oh. Marie Tran, who's yeah. amazing in this role. And I'm so happy sure that she is. is uh, she was able to kind of rise above all the hell that, that she was unjustly put after the last Jedi. I'm a huge, you know, I've, I'm a huge star Wars fan. I mean, I, I grew up star Wars is the reason I got into movies. Yeah. Um, I love Star Wars and um but a lot of ways I hate the fandom. I hate um you know, even back, you know, and I think it's a progression and it's it's fueled this one's fueled definitely by racism. But looking back, even how much everyone hated Jar Jar Binks, and I get Jar Jar is not the greatest character, but the amount of hate that they gave Ahmed best. Mm-hmm. I always thought was terrible and honestly made me want to like Jar Jar just because I was so upset at all the hate that they gave an actor who was just trying to do the performance the director asked him for. Right. Um, And, you know, I think sometimes people forget that there's real people that are actually doing these performances and making these things. And, Mm -hmm. but anyway, back specifically the last Jedi, I thought she was really phenomenal in, in, um, in the last Jedi. I love that they added her, um, her story in there. Um, And the amount of hate she got, was absolutely sickening and um, is completely devoid of what star Wars is, you know, to me, I mean, star Wars to me is you have this group of diverse species and aliens and all this stuff fighting against this clean white Nazi esque empire. Um, And even further still, there's a really great interview James Cameron did with George Lucas in the last few years where George Lucas says, and maybe he'd said this before, this is the first time I'd heard him say it, that when he was originally writing Star Wars, the Empire was based on the United States. Hmm. And the rebellion was based on the Viet Cong. Because um, okay. it was he was writing it, you know, during and just after the intensity of of the Vietnam War. And so to have that as as like the seed in which this thing grew out of. And to have these people just the point, you know, is is not even over their head. It's like on the moon and they're on the earth um, doing these things. It's just it pisses me off beyond belief. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> Cause it's just it's like this is I mean, you're at this hateful racist person that is, and I guess that's what they do. They use something else and they take something out of it that's not even there, and then they they use that and just bully and bully and you know, it just it's it's awful. Well, anyway, anyway, back to back to Raya. I, I think I think uh, Kelly Marie Tran was great. Um, yeah. The uh, like I said, the landscape is also a big plus. Um, it's not only the story that's epic; it's also the locations. You get big sprawling yeah. deserts, oceans, cities, and it all looks amazing. Um, but for me, the big winner is the theme of trust, which. You know, yeah. we can get into during spoilers, but you know, it's it's something that we usually just take for granted, and it's lost so easily, and yet it's so hard to get back. Um, 
And, you know, it, it, this movie asked right questions regarding this. Who do we trust? Yeah. When do we trust? But most importantly, why? It's, it's a theme that hits hard during these times. Um, you know, it'll be a theme um, that we will also hit upon when we talk about Wolfwalkers. Uh, and, you know, the rest of the story for me was not as great as all of this. Um, there, there were some points that, you know, I, it, it, it kind of fell flat for me. The um, second act. Well, you know, okay, so I, f- I feel like this story could have been told anywhere else. Uh, maybe except for the dragons, but it just felt to me like I couldn't pinpoint something specifically. And if I just took that story and planted it somewhere else, it would also work that way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it has to do more with the script than anything else. And it wasn't a deal breaker. Uh, but what really caught me off guard was the dialogue. Um, and maybe this is just because I didn't see the trailer. I had no idea what this movie was about, honestly. I, I knew the title. I knew there was The Last Dragon. Uh, and I knew that Raya was there. But what it was about... Um, I thought that she was going to find the last dragon and that was her quest. But that was it. And then after something happens in the movie, we start getting this slangy type of dialogue. It was it just felt too contemporary mm. for me. Yeah. Because um, I... And again, this is probably my fault because I didn't see any of the trailers. But... I'm thinking, okay, so this is this is a maybe a legend about some Asian stuff, right? right? And then I'm I'm thinking, okay, so this epic thing, you have people speaking properly, right? Like uh, like kings and queens, and and then we get this slangy type of talk where people say like on. Like and on they, the regular, they say like very much, and yeah. and 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 they and they, I don't know, and look, I, I tried my 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 best to kind of separate my my my, my feelings on this. I had no idea Aquafina was in this movie, and that was another thing. Oh, um, yeah. okay. So she was a very big influence in how this her character was portrayed right yeah uh-huh so so I didn't, yeah. so this was a big hurdle for me to clear okay yeah it doesn't mean i didn't enjoy the movie it was right. just when it when it hit it was just ah, oh, okay um this is a disney movie <laughs> so it, it took me maybe like 20 minutes to kind of fall into the movie again yeah uh, it, no i i definitely when she says on the regular you know, I don't want to spoil it, but like, there's a part towards the beginning where Raya says something about on the regular to um, the Fang. I, I'm really bad with names, but the the girl that's from the Fang area, um, and she says on the regular. And I just remember thinking, I, I do remember specifically at that dialogue point being like, okay, this seems like a business decision to rope in the, um, you know, this to me, this seems like a. a someone an executive looking at the script or looking at this part and saying okay we really need to bring in the this demographic and this demographic speaks like this so could right. you add could you could you add some of that into the script and it's it's you know we always we talk about this in in my classes but you have this art versus commercial thing that's constantly battling each other out right um, and to me that those dialogue portions feel like 
the you know the art which we witnessed this great art and all this great stuff and then slaying comes in it's like nope nope <laughs> right <laughs> um and um and i i kind of just whenever it's a disney movie i kind of expect that there's going to be a moment in the movie of 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 something like that so i you know, when she said on the regular, it, it did take me out, but um, <laughs> it just feels overall, to- it didn't do it enough that it, it, you know, I was just like, okay, they're making this into a modern, you know, yeah, it feels too, it feels to- too now for me, right? Um, what? Sorry? It feels too now, quote, quote, yeah, it's like the not word timeless at all, right? Yeah. Um, and I know Aladdin, Where you could- sorry, go ahead, yeah, like I was gonna say that I, I know Aladdin did this as well. Um, and maybe it's a script or, 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 or the songs or, or the big presence of Robin Williams, but it just works in that movie. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's to the age, which we saw it. I, I have fights with myself about this sort of thing. And I haven't come to a conclusion as to whether I like certain things, especially some of those old Disney movies like that out of nostalgia or, it, you know, did it hit? at me at the right age and had I been this age and, and seen it um, would that have changed my opinion but you know on the other hand it is Robin Williams and right. Robin Williams was such a phenomenal talent um, but there were critics that said that at the time I believe um, really that okay in reviews of Aladdin um, of course commercially it was an incredible success and overall critically but I believe there were some critics at the time um, that talked about it being a little bit too, um, they didn't say slangy, but that's along that same line of what you're talking. Okay. All right. But well, I still, I still feel this movie does it way more though. Yeah. Well, and, and prop, you know, I, I was also thinking that maybe it's because it doesn't have any songs. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's because this is just a straightforward movie that my expectations were, I don't know. This is just an epic story. And um, it, this doesn't allow for my characters to be anachronistic in the setting. I, and anachronistic, I mean with quotes, right? Because this is supposed to be like a legend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know this doesn't make any sense, especially because th- this isn't even based on any actual legend. You know, um, it just bothered me for a very long time during the movie. And yeah. I, I had to kind of just let it go. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, it, I hear it. It's, it's just, it seems, it seems very out of place. Right. Or maybe I'm just old. <laughs> Again, I have those fights with myself. I have the gray hair coming in and, um, you know, I, I mentioned movies that to me aren't old and the, my class were like, wow, that movie's so old. I wasn't even alive when that came out. And it's like, <laughs> get me to the nursing home. <laughs> All right, Matt, are you ready to talk some spoilers? Sure. All right. So let's head into spoilers for Raya and the Last Dragon. You have been warned. All right. Go ahead. So, and I don't know if this is just because, you know, I, my primary focus in my life right now is, is family. I made a, you know, a very conscious decision that like my kids and my wife are going to be my priority. And so I tend to see a lot of movies through that lens. Right. Um, and both of these movies, you know, I think have elements of that, but I think I probably bring a little bit more of that from my own personal self. Um, but the relationship 
you know, between the father daughter that you have at the beginning mm-hmm. and that fight that they have where she's trying to get to um, the, what do they even call it? The dragons, the, the orb, um, you know, and then her, the her defeating him at the beginning is such a magical moment. And then him bringing in everybody and trying to establish that peace, um, you know, and then fast forward towards the end. And when you have kind of the, the, you know, the reunification of everything and, and, and things becoming positive. Um, you know, I just, I love that overall story. I, I do think the movie could have been shorter. Um, mm. Two hours, you know, not that it's a horrifically long time, but I do feel like there was some dragging in the second act. Um, but that overall story of both, you know, the that the ugliness of humanity and how that, you know, especially in times of trial, always seems to come in and disrupt things and do terrible, horrific things. And, yeah. um, you know, even even that image of that beautiful thing being shattered in half and the different nations taking that. I mean, what a, like, perfect metaphor for how human societies operate um, in general. And one of the other things that I, I kind of liked, um, you know, even with what we discussed previously is the fact that the dragon herself was like the weakest dragon, you right. know, how she presents herself right when she finds her. And like, um, when she says, and this was, this was, this was like super now type language, but when she talks about the group project, oh, that, yeah. um, I that mean, they I get, all, I get know, the reference, being, but <laughs> being a professor, like, I, I try my best to avoid that, but that definitely happens where you have, you know, the one student who doesn't do a whole lot and still mm-hmm. gets the same credit. Right. Um, and, you know, I just thought that was a nice moment because um, one message that I try to give to students is, you know, the only person that can truly stop you is yourself, ultimately, mm. you know, listening to other people. And of course, there's there's things that come into that in reality, but... Um, I just like that she wasn't this all powerful dragon as I had expected there, you know, right when you find her and she's, she's kind of the goofball. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that kind of vulnerability and, and weakness there and, you know, and that you think things are going to be so much better from then on and they're not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that part of the dialogue, uh, so oh, I'm sure that was dude. probably the word. The only, I think the only reason that I liked that one was just being a, a teacher and yeah, like, yeah, and and again, I get the reference and it's good. But how would a dragon know about projects? Yeah, exactly. Right, woke up after 500 years and it's like you know that group project that you did that I was asleep for. Oh man, you know, and have no way of knowing about. Um. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see the the issues with that for sure. But I, I like the, you know, I, and honestly, that's kind of a telegraphing thing, right? Where that probably would have been obvious had she not said that line anyway, mm-hmm. where they could have shown it rather than told it. Um, but the actual story element of that dragon not being all powerful and you know, and there being such limitations there, I thought was was an interesting choice dialogue with standing. And again, 
that to me sounds like a, we got to relate to the kids. Yeah. 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 Dis- dis- decision. Right. Um, you know, and you don't know where those come from, but I just, you know, from seeing studio notes and things, they, they tend to say things like that. Well, for my part, uh, let's start with a good, um, okay. So the theme of trust, like I said before, I think it's, yeah. it's the glue that kind of holds this whole thing together. And I think it's yeah. very well executed. Um, you know, it's it's amazing how petty differences can just hold us back and and not allow progress. And we're we're currently living through something like this, where we have factions of people on different sides who refuse to listen to each other, who who refuse to trust in one another, and simply just resort to to name calling and and, and verbal abuse and online trolling, uh, yeah, and, and physical violence. Even people in high positions. Um, right. Yes, exactly. And it's it's the old cliche that, you know, we all live in this earth and we all have to share it. And it's it's true. I mean, we, we, we might not like how others think or, or, or maybe what others say, but if we just calm down, if we listen, if we truly listen, you know, put aside all our trivial and tribal differences, there might be maybe a chance that we could come together for a common goal and you know what better example than this whole pandemic you know the back Yo, and forth yeah. of wearing masks or not vaccines or not you know we have a government who kind of rebelled in 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 sowing discord to please its base divide and conquer right and a leadership position is is one where trust is maybe the most important thing and and right now that trust is all but gone and relating this to the movie you know raya realized this at the end when even after being consumed by by anger she -hmm. decides to take the first step towards healing you know she's the leader in her land she's i think she's considered a princess right um Mm -hmm. and a leader in her newly acquired family who have all the right to distrust namari who recently betrayed them. Uh, um, Like with any family made up of these previous rivals during Raya's quest, she now trusts, right? Raya has to basically let go and embrace trust and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. She, She does this to a point that everyone else just falls in line and follows her, even Namari. And with this trust and this forgiveness, everyone can just come together and, and heal their world. Well, and it, you know, I think that's really her need is to, to regain that trust, you know, that's shattered there at the beginning. Um, And that, that moment, you know, where she gives the, the, I can't remember what the dang thing's called, but the the the, part, the piece of the orb, um, and she turns to stone. Mm-hmm. You know, even that self sacrifice with the trust. It's such a powerful moment. And again, I, I really feel like these these stories, um, the best stories, teach us lessons and teach us about ourselves. And this lesson of trust that that you so eloquently talked about is 
such an important lesson that humanity just never seems to learn, mm. you know, um, sowing distrust on purpose between folks. Um, and, you know, even in our individual lives, it's such a powerful, um, powerful message. I mean, we've all had terrible things done to us and um, trust broken and, and things like that. Um, and that moment where she's able to trust the very person that at the beginning shattered her trust and basically destroyed everything um, is such a powerful thing. And, you know, I know this may be a, a cuckoo example, but, um, you know, going back to presidential leadership, just for a second, if I may, mm. um, you know, again, going on this trip with this history professor, I've learned so much. I'm like in the class too. I learned so much. Um, but one thing I learned about in terms of civil rights was, you know, JFK, and there's been people write about this, but wasn't really sympathetic to civil rights and that sort of thing at the beginning, right? And um, according to this professor, one of the, the main turning points for him was his brother Bobby going down to the South um, and actually going to some of these poor areas and seeing this African-American baby, you know, walking around the floor, having to eat crumbs off the floor, like, because they were so poor and so poor not accidentally, but as a part of a systemic system that was meant to keep them poor, um, that being relayed to JFK was supposedly the whole change of, you know, how he ended up viewing things. And he gave that speech towards the end of his um, presidency, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, we all breathe the same air. We all um, cherish, the, cherish our children's futures, and we need to reevaluate our own attitudes towards the Soviet Union, who, of course, was our big enemy at the time, mm -hmm. um, you know, because that is ultimately how we're going to, to conquer this. Um, and not saying he's a perfect person. Of course, he's very flawed. But that idea of building some sort of a positive relationship or trust, even with your enemy, you know, who have their own motivations that they're trying to protect their people, um, is such an important story and fable that it can't be told too many times. And, you know, hopefully this message gets through to the youth and they're able to, to get past this. But, you know, you just see any day you turn on the news and you see just the exact opposite of this all the time. And there's just no progress in in that aspect, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, you brought up the mask thing. I mean, like, how hard is it to put on a mask? And that's, that's become a big issue now, mm -hmm. you know, putting on a mask, getting a vaccine. I love my microchip. I got it Monday, right? You know, <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> But, you know, people think that there's like a microchip in it and, you know, it just, um, and, and the QAnon stuff and it just literally adults believing, you know, the kookiest things you could ever imagine. Um, you know, and it, it comes from, you know, this, this lack of trust and exploiting, um, exploiting the hurt that occurs there, you know, you've, you've lost your job, you're economically disadvantaged, you know, you're whatever. Um, don't trust those people, those people, they're the problem. They're the boogeyman. Mm. Right. And Raya in this movie could easily have done that. Right. Right. You know, and maybe if this movie was made in the fifties, she would have done that. But, um, 
that that moment was very powerful for me. And I think given our current situation, it was made more powerful. But the um, you know, the end not coming through ultimate strength, but become coming through sacrifice and the embracing of the trust of even the person that hurt you, you know, is nirvana for a better you know, lack of a, a better word. Well, um, there were a couple other things aside from from the dialogue that kind of sort of bumped with me. Um, first off, the dragon's design, <laughs> which for me was a little bit <laughs> too much like uh, My Little Pony. <laughs> it was totally. In, it was in that yeah. territory of My Little Pony. You know, the her, the the hair movement was fantastic. Uh, the animation of the hair was great. Right. I, I just wasn't a fan of the overall design, um, and, and and this is probably augmented by the fact that I had not seen the trailers, right? So I had, I didn't know what to expect of the dragons, um, but yeah. So uh, dragon design, um, I would have liked a little bit more of uh, uh, time with Raya and and and, and Namari before it all mm. went downhill. Maybe explore yeah. that relationship a little bit more. Um, I like the choreography, but I did feel like it, it was maybe um cut too much. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Not enough it. intermediary stuff. Or? Well, well, I think about movies like Kung Fu Panda, which I, by the way, I love that series. Mm-hmm. Um, the choreography there is, uh, it's it's shown to us in a way that we can experience the whole thing. There are sequences where they barely cut, right? Um, and in this movie, it just felt too maybe too edited. Um, I, I, uh, maybe to give it more more of a pace. Um, but I did feel like it 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 probably would have been. A lot better. And this is just something personal for me because I love to watch action choreography. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- when it's when it's choreography done this well, which I think this movie has very, very interesting martial arts choreography, I would have just loved to, to have seen them, I don't know, from a very wide shot and just letting them go. Um mm-hmm. So that that was that was another thing for me, um, too, maybe too cutty. But aside from all this, you know, I think the movie rocks. It's it's a very cool original adventure, um, and highlights the the East Asian, East Asian, yeah, East Asian culture, unlike any other Disney movie before it. Um, and you know, in itself, I think it's a great achievement. Um, and yeah, so that I really liked the movie. I'm glad that you asked me to watch it for this show because um, honestly, I probably would have waited to watch it until this summer. All right. Otherwise. So Raya and the Last Dragon is available on Disney Plus. Uh, right now, you th- I think you have to pay a premium. It's 30 bucks. Premier access, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's in the theaters too, if theaters are exactly. open. In a pandemic central near you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So how about if we move on to Wolfwalkers? All right. All right. So here's a brief synopsis. After her father is tasked with wiping out a population of wolves, 
A young girl befriends a carefree girl who seems to have an intrinsic affection toward wolves. That's about it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not spoilery at all. So mm-hmm. this movie is directed by Tom Moore and Ross Stewart. It was written by Will Collins, Tom Moore, and Ross Stewart. And um, as you all can see, we're kind of keeping with similar themes here, aside from the obvious, where there's a heroine at the center of our story. There are many other similarities, which we can point out along the way. Um, all right, so Matt, thoughts on Wolfwalkers? So I really loved this one. I haven't watched a whole lot of stuff on, on Apple TV Plus yet, which I need to rectify. Um, but um, I I absolutely loved, and again, I'm more of a fan of hand-drawn animation. Mm-hmm. Um, and while this one, of course, was greatly enhanced with digital and all that, um, I just really liked the art style, the way it was drawn, um, kind of had its own style to it, you know, in a way. Um, and honestly reminded me of stuff that Disney used to do, like Sword in the Stone, Um just in terms of the, the the visuals and the way it looked, um, I really um, again kind of a universal story, um, a, a daughter father movie in a lot of ways too, mm-hmm. probably maybe even more so than Raya, um, but the villain um, I thought was a phenomenal villain again for the time. Um, and I loved the way that they, and I don't, no spoilers, but I loved the way that they handled the struggle between father and daughter. Mm. And we'll talk about it, I'm sure, more in the in the um, in the um, the spoiler section. But um, you know, we all, in different ways, have differences from our parents, and it's something we all go through in terms of that rectification and, and, and trying to understand when we get to adults kind of, and this, she's still a kid, but, you know, relearning, you know, who your parents are. And she faces this really early on in her life because of the extreme circumstances she's on, you know, with um, this occupation and this terrible um, grand protector, mm. I believe is his title. Um, and that, that struggle where he's, really focusing on her safety and not wanting her to be in a cage, but yet basically putting her in a cage right. is like the, the universal parental story. I mean, right. I mean, we, you as a father, I'm sure, but we struggle between that wanting to give them freedom and growth um, and an understanding that the world, you know, isn't completely a terrible place with yes, bad things can happen. And, you know, also, I want to keep you as safe as possible. Right. It's that um, internal struggle of learning to let go. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Let go. Even even it's e- tough. even in a in a it, 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 I struggle with this. You know, when when, when mm-hmm. my kids were were younger and we went to a park, when is it safe for them to go down the slide by themselves? Yeah. Yeah. When is it safe for them to be in the monkey bars? And when is it safe for them to go on top of the monkey bars and jump from them? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. When I is, feel you. It's, when is it okay like for a... them to cross the street without holding my hand? Mm-hmm. I, I still struggle with that to this to this day. 
and I have a 10 year old. I mean, do you, does that same thing happen to you where it's like spider sense and Spider-Man where you see all the terrible things that oh, can happen? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a constant struggle that, and I, and I recognize it and I know, and I, I know that it's something that I have to work on, but it's just instinctive. I, I, I don't want them to get hurt, but I know that I have to sometimes let go. Yep. So, and it's there's no universal constant where that line is. My yeah. wife's much better at it than me. I mean, I'll, are you sure she can do that slide? And she, yeah, Matt, she can yeah. do that slide. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's, she's I, she's much better at, at understanding where that kind of line is. Um, but 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 back to the movie. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I probably like this one better than than Raya, although I did like Raya. Um, this one was even more focused on, I think, even more so, kind of some of the the direct issues that we're we're facing yeah. today. You know, it's kind of the same as the Avatar story in a lot of ways. So I I saw this movie on a whim. I I had no idea what it was about, but I saw it. Uh, it was. I think it was an act. I, I don't know who who was talking about. It, it was a high profile actress, and she she wrote about it on Instagram or something like that. And I said, "All right, this is intriguing." So the week it came out, I made it a point to to do a, a family viewing with my kids, and we saw the movie, and we loved it. We we absolutely loved it. the The story is simple. And, and pretty straightforward, you know. It's inspired mm-hmm. in Celtic lore, but there's so much richness that I think it deserves all the praise that it's getting. Um, first off, like you said, the animation of this movie is mesmerizing. It the style is it's very purposeful, and it flows um, like 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 a wrist stroking the paintbrush ar- yeah. against a mural it's it's so beautiful it, it it feels like there are several techniques at work here um but but it's mostly done in in 2d animation there's also something um it looks like a like woodblock a print or something yeah. like that um but it's it's you know there's there's this epic fantasy there's there's magic there's there's adventure friendship um there's loss of loved ones. Uh, but again, at the uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just class of cultures, I think. Is yeah, another yeah, one. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and at, at the heart of this movie, again, there's this main focus on trust. And because trust goes both ways, the conflict in this movie affects all of its players, not, not just our heroine. Um, there's also an allegory about uh, British occupation and how this new friendship between our protagonist uh, Robin, I believe her name is, yep. and 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 Meb. Uh, so how how this threatens that status quo and promises resistance. Um, so I I I have not seen uh, Tom Moore's other films, Secret Kells, A Secret of Kells, or. Seen that either. Song, I, I think Secret of Kells is on Netflix. I want to say, I know I've seen it somewhere. Uh, I, I haven't seen the movie, I've seen that it's there. 
Uh, so it's either there or on Amazon Prime. I don't, I don't really remember. His other movie is Song of the Sea. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely going to check them out after watching this one. Um, but yeah, this movie is fantastic. If you have Apple TV+, Plus, it's there. So go watch it. Um, Matt, do you have anything else to say before we go to spoilers? There's a there's there's the trust, of course. This time you have trust, really, you know, between father daughter, and then initially, you know, then with the wolf walkers in general. Um, but the conquerors versus nature, the conquerors versus family versus love versus you know all of that stuff. I I'm a, again I'm a sucker for that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and I, I feel like um, I think it, I feel like it's pulled off well here i mean you know we always talk about film as empathy machines um and i i felt you know i felt for for robin i felt for her dad i felt um genuine emotion you know throughout the movie so i i think um in that regard i mean it's it's one of my the best movies i've seen in my opinion in in quite a while and again i was i'd never even heard of it um so i was so again so glad that you suggested it for the show because um, I might not have watched it for quite a while. Um, well, it's, it's, it's been nominated really like for it. an Academy Award, by the way. Oh, good. So. Well deserved for, yeah. for uh, best animated. Best animated. Yeah. All right. So spoiler, let's dive into the pool. All right. You've been warned. All right. So what, what, what from this movie do you want to dive into with the spoilers thing? So, a little bit to the art style. I don't know. This might not be as much of a spoiler as I think it is, but the way that they handle faces um, throughout the film in all regards, I thought that was very effective. You know, Robin's face is so kind and um, the way that, you know, even, you know, her eye color, but her, her, the shape of her eyes are so much more open than everybody's. And, you know, there's just there's a lot there in terms of character design and how they drew the characters that tell you so much about who they are. And before they even say a word or do anything, um, you kind of get to know them. And the the father, you know, so bedraggled and tired and just wanting his daughter not to get put in prison by this tyrannical, you know, um, British ruler. And um, and then you you then look at the wolf walkers you know meb and then the mother can't remember her name um but the mother they also have their unique design that's very different from everyone else whether they're wolf or or human mm-hmm. you know either way they look very different from everybody else um and they they just do such a good job of showing character on the faces um, and then I also really liked how they handled magic in this film. Yes. Um, the magic, um, you know, the, 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 um, the way in which the light kind of envelops them when they become the wolf or they, you know, revert back. Um, I thought that was, that was very well, very mm-hmm. well done. Yeah. I loved that entire sequence where um, Robin is a wolf for the first time. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like a dream where she's kind of finding her way through this um, 
through this whole magical it's it's an entire magical realm it's and it's it's drawn in such a different way from the rest of the movie yeah. it's it's so so good it's has neon colors it's it has this back or darker background it makes makes those uh colors pop out um it was just it was fan fantastic such a, such a good sequence and again this could be just me bringing my own baggage into it but it really seemed like a spiritual thing. Um, the transformation into wolf, um, there seemed to be, or, you know, maybe supernatural is a better word. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously it's supernatural, but it just seemed to have, you know, similar to, to Avatar. Um, and it's weird I'm bringing up Avatar so much today. It's not even <laughs> one of the movies I like that much. <laughs> Love the production design. But anyway. You're, it, you're it trying to that, will that, Avatar 2 into being. That's, that's what you're bringing yeah, it up. <laughs> But um, uh, the the purity of nature um, and the inherent impurity or profaneness of humanity um, is a major theme throughout this movie, and it's very explicit. You know, I mean, that you could literally see the stink of humanity in one of those um, fugue states or whatever you want to, you know, um, when they're they're wolves and. Um, it makes it makes my heart ache, you know. I mean, and they, like you said, they did such a good job of um, of doing the I don't know the the wolf sequences. I'll just call them the wolf sequences um, of bringing them into that. And this this movie gave me such a sense of longing throughout. You know, at the beginning, she has this longing to be like her father, right? She mm. wants to be her dad. She wants to be a hunter. She wants to kill the wolves, um, and then she has this complete 180 where mm. now she longs for her un father to understand why she doesn't want to be him. Right. And, and then wants him to understand why he can't be who he is anymore and how, what, you know, trying to get him to realize that what he's doing, you know, might be for the right reasons, but it's completely wrong. And he's playing into the hands of this, this evil, evil guy. I mean, that type of villain is like the kind of villain I just love to hate the most. The tyrannical dictator ruler that has no, you know, like uh, Chaplin says in The Great Dictator, you know, dictators um, free themselves and enslave the, enslave the people. It's just such a, a great example of, of, of that dynamic. Um, and it frames this father daughter struggle, you know, and it's, it's very much the, you know, like kids do when they leave the nest, they go off and they find themselves and they have to kind of re reconcile that with who their parents are. And, you know, are their parents, you know, opposed to what they're doing and that whole value system. And, um, you know, not to jump right to the end, but I really liked how they handled, the father at the end, there's this kind of subtle thing where at the very end when he, um, when everything's kind of said and done, he kind of skulks away. Like I'm ashamed. I can't be a part of this, you know, and he leaves and then the wolf walkers as well as his daughter invite him back in and he becomes a part of that whole thing. And I, that redemption I thought was well done too. It's like a passage for these humans in order to connect with their nature side as mm -hmm. well. Um, 
you have Robin at the beginning who is like her father. She wants to help her father. She wants to get rid of these wolves. And once she she has a taste of that world, even before she turns into a wolf walker, and she has this small adventure with Meb, um, she kind of connects with her nature side. She's She sees how these animals live, how her new friend lives, this, this new forest realm. And it's a way for her to connect with nature. And her, her entire view completely changes. And that's basically what happens to her father at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he, again, he has these trust issues, right? Um, he, he doesn't trust, uh, obviously, the wolves. He doesn't trust the, 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 the evil villain. He doesn't trust his daughter. He yeah. doesn't even trust himself. Right? And it's not un- until the end where this entire thing just turns around and he he stops at at the end he just stops believing in him, in himself and it's 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 that and he he cuz because he hasn't yet embraced this whole nature part of him it's not until they bring him back into the fold that he feels comfortable with himself he feels at peace and Again, he's also dealing with loss because he's mourning his his wife all throughout the film as well as Robin. He, right. She's mourning her her mother, um, and they they are able to find solace at the end with this newfound family. By Who, the like, way, it, can I? Yeah, go ahead. go ahead. I just want to say I'm so glad that the Wolf Walker mother didn't end up being Robin's actual mom. I was worried they were going to go that way. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm so glad they started the new family. I just wanted to mention that. I thought, I just thought that was a the much much better choice. And I was I was really worried. <laughs> yeah, that was my big story worry. They were going to go that way. And in, in Raya, um, you have you, you have her acquired family who at the beginning were her her antagonists, her her enemies, right? And and then they slowly fall into being part of of her crew right same thing happens here you have meb and her mom who have the wolf clan and they are the enemies of these people and then toward the end they become a family a unity um i i think that was great uh i think it's a very nice um way to end and and finish off this story um yeah, go ahead. And both movies really play on kind of that that humanity we all, well, I guess not all, but a lot of us strive for. You know, um, the co- showing compassion for others and, um, you know, not giving in to, to that initial fear of the the other is terrifying, we must fight against them right. you know you you see that in both and the wolves i mean wolves are as obvious of a of an of a dangerous other as you get i mean that's that's a story as old as time and you have um i remember this is in like 2004 i i remember bush and cheney ran an ad just showing wolves like <laughs> who do you want to protect you from the wolves you know it's a very universal fear that that we have apparently and um, 
that they end up ultimately not being the thing to be afraid of, but the thing, but the person that's protecting you, right. Is mm-hmm. it that, well, protecting, right. right. Is actually quote, unquote, protecting the thing to be afraid of. And so, so much again, as humans, we glom on to that, to that thing, whether it's, you know, a leader or a bad relationship or a drug, you know, or alcohol or whatever it is, we all, um, or not all, but we, a lot of us tend to gravitate towards unhealthy things that circumvent us from really getting to that place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That scene where she's, um, where she's, talking where she's talking through how that conversation is going to go. Yeah. And then how differently it goes with her dad. I remember doing those kind of things with my parents and I sure I probably done it to my kids, but I hope I haven't. (laughs) But that, that was so real to me. I just had to. Well, and it's good. um, It's, it's good for the audience because it sets up an expectation. Mm -hmm. Right. And then when it goes differently, um, it 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 serves for more drama, right? Um, and that he's he's a good character, he's a positive character, but yet he's not perfect, right? Yeah, yeah, he's flawed. Uh, th- there are moments where you say, "Just shut up and listen to her." <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but I get why why he is that way. Right. It's uh, yeah, he's, makes he's, sense, he's, especially as a parent. Right, and after losing his wife. Right. And, and he, and, he, yeah, he also losing made his promise. wife and living in this horrific occupation where one wrong step gets you in the stock. Right. Exactly. What do you think about the bullies? I, I, well, I, I like that it, it gives us a different dimension into what the characters are in that, in that, um, quote unquote kingdom, because we're looking at it from her point of view. Um, she, she thinks that, she isn't privileged, right? Because she can't go help her father, right? But then you have these these other characters who are probably a step down from her societally, right? And we see how how this government who is supposedly there to to better these people's lives has been basically stepping on their toes since they got there. Um, so it's not. It doesn't surprise me that these kids have grown to be bullies because they've been bullied their entire lives. Uh, I think it it serves as a as a good contrast to our main character, um, because even even if she thinks that she has it bad, there are still other people who have it even worse. Yeah. Um, and it's understandable why they are that way. It, it doesn't mean that it's right, but. W- we kind of get why they are they, they have gotten to that place. I, I agree. I thought it was handled well. Um, and all for all the things that, that you said. And um, it also sets up, you know, kind of in reality how, you know, the horde or, or whatever you want to call it of humanity that, um, um, you know, in that, in that regard that gets disenfranchised, um, you know, the most likely choice is to have that, that anger. Um, and I've always, right. you know, respected the people in the United States that have been these amazing leaders that, that didn't give into that while understanding, wow, they had every right not to. But what I really thought was cool and interesting was in Robin's moment of highest loss, right? Where the, um, he's, she's found the, um, Mez mother and she's in the, 
the cage, right? And she's trying to prevent her friend from from going up there and getting hurt, despite the fact that she wants to save her mother, because that's what she's been told. She turns to the bullies, right? Like we mm. as humans so often do, right? Even though she knows it's not necessarily the right thing to do, but in that tumultuous moment, she turns to, I mean, maybe the, the dark side or, you know, whatever of like, you know, put her in that cage because otherwise she's going to die. And it's right. a ni- nice moment of polarity with, with that as well as with her dad, right? She's doing the same thing her dad is doing to her. Right. I love that. I thought that was great. Yeah. It's a, it's a kind of a catch 22, right? Because you're doing it for the right reasons, but then at the same time, you're, your your other your friend right thinks you're hurting them yeah um such a uh, great bittersweet moment great great storytelling great storytelling yeah um and i i love the friendship as well the friendship Mm -hmm. that they have even even in this movie which is not that long they are able to form a bond that you can I don't know. You can feel it. It just goes straight to the heart. It's it's uh, it's really really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, to a point where where they're they're uh, where Robin's you know she's she risks her life to save uh, Meb and to save her mom. Um, so and ultimately uh, saves herself in the process, right? Just such yeah, good good writing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I thought the script of this one was. The execution of Raya was really great in a lot of ways, but I had the script of this one was leagues ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the the other thing is the connection between the bullies and then the mass of the crowd, right? The kill him, kill the wolves, kill, you know, kill. That's, again, so important for us to learn that lesson that that's what humans devolve into if, you know, if that's that's where we go. That's if That's the problem with people in high positions talking about viruses coming from certain places and then violence being directed from people that weren't even born there, but are related to people that were from those places. Um, you know, people talk about, Oh, what people say don't matter. And it's just rhetoric and all that kind of, it does matter because that's who we are as people, you know, humans, um, you know, that happens humans, especially words of the leadership, and they, they want that swift justice. They want someone to blame. They want to go after someone. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's so predictable and we still have people that exploit that. And it just really angers me. Yeah. <laughs> I get you, bud. I get you. Um, all right. So one, one last thing um, is that uh, in Raya, um, she's mourning, right? She's mourning the loss of her father uh, throughout the entire movie. And, and these characters are also mourning. You have Robin, who's mourning her mom. Her dad is mourning his wife. You have Meb, who's mourning her mother, especially when she thinks that she's completely dead. Um, and, you know, even, even though these movies are completely different cultures, um, completely different styles of animation... They're they're vastly diametric in animation and in stories. Um, I think that they still make for a perfect pairing to watch back to back. Oh yeah, because I agree. they have so much in common. Um, 
So yeah. Uh, a- a- anything else to say about this movie? Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I yes. There's absolutely. very very few times like like I can say you will like this movie, but I I really have a hard time thinking that anyone wouldn't like this. Right. So this is out on Apple TV Plus. So if you have a subscription for that, you can watch it there. All right, Matt. So uh, we have your Wi-Fi Film Festival, which is coming out in April 22nd to the 24th. You can watch that live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of those. Um, And if you're interested in, in film, you can check out the Washburn University's film program and see if it's the right fit for you anything else matt that you'd like to plug here before we go um i think you did a did a great job you know if anyone is interested in film whether you want to come to washburn or not i'm I'm happy to to talk to you about that um you can look me up on washburn's page and then uh i'm on all of the social medias i am breakman x b-r-e-a-k-m-a-n-x so going to follow anything that's that's going on there um and like richard said at the top of the show go watch our friend anna elizabeth james new project on netflix um because that's i'm I'm excited to watch it yes all right well that's gonna be it for today you can find us on twitter at meter review pod that's media r-e-v-u-e pod and you can send us an email using uh, the uh, media review pod at gmail.com and you can leave a voicemail message by calling 407-603-5847 please don't forget to subscribe to our feed and rate and review the pod Matt thank you so so much for being here it was great talking to you again and I hope to have you again here soon you're welcome I'm I'm now that the pandemic's, pandemic's winding down I'm happy to do it anytime <laughs> alright sweet and to all our listeners out there remember Trust is a fickle idea. And maybe the world feels broken because it feels like it's getting harder to trust anyone. But like Sisu says, you just have to take the first step. And don't forget to breathe. Till next time, have a good one. Bye-bye.